Well, hello. It's good to be back with you. Pastor Brown from Akron Alliance Fellowship. Uh, just looking forward to spending this next 45 minutes to hour with you over the marriage of the Lamb, the wedding feast in Revelations 19, starting in verse 7. It's a joy to think of that, that one day we are going to be at this great banquet with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and many other saints who love the Lord. And uh, we're going to be there to celebrate uh, what a celebration it's going to be. And he brings it around as a marriage feast in which we're going to rejoice with him. And I praise God for that that we're going to have such a privilege of being with the bridegroom who we look to the Lord Jesus Christ because he is coming. He's coming sooner than we think. Let's pray and let's get into this today because there's much to cover, but I want to be able to take a little time on the preparation of the bride because that is so important. Father, we want to thank you and praise you, Lord, for your loving kindness. Thank you for the day. Thank you for watching over us and keeping us. And, Lord, you're the God that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ever ask or think. Would you do that? You've told us, Lord, to cry out unto you, and you would show us great and mighty things. Would you do it, O God? And you've told us, Lord, there's nothing too hard for you to do. So help us to bring every request no matter how small or how large, before you, seeking your guidance and allowing you to order our steps. Lord, minister to us. And Father, in these latter days, we pray that you guide us, Lord, because we need your guidance more so than any other time in history. Would you open our eyes that we might clearly see truth and help us, O oh God, to respond in a manner, O oh God, that is respectful towards thee. Again, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that you've given unto us to break the bread of life with the saints of the living God. Thank you, in Jesus' name, amen. And Revelation 19, he's going to be sharing with us about, again, the wedding feast, uh, that which takes place. And the part is that the church is the bride. And the bridegroom is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's amazing to see people, I don't care what age, when they are in preparation for marriage, there's an excitement in them. There's a joy in them. And they are preparing, and that's what it takes, preparation. And I hope uh, you will see this even as we look into the Word, that there's this preparation time of the bride preparing herself for the Lord Jesus Christ. I have done quite a few marriages over this time on which I'd been ministering and had this privilege of ministering and it never never 
really surprises me of how beautiful the bride can make herself be on that wedding day. I don't know if that happens again all through the marriage. But on that day, I've seen young ladies come in and, boy, uh, they can be looking one way. And they go in that room and and the other ladies go in there with her and put on that dress and, and do the hair and do all the other stuff. It's almost like another person comes out. But they have went in to prepare themselves for their bridegroom. And they go through all this for this bridegroom. And it gives us an illustration of what Jesus is going to say to us. What John hears the angels say. Because even the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is in preparation of this banquet, of this marriage that's going to take place in a sense. And we should be a people willing to go through it and to understand that we're doing this for our bridegroom, for Christ who is coming back for us. So as we look at Revelation 19, he says in that verse 7, let us rejoice. Let us rejoice. And you, and it's already taking place when you go back into verse 1. And he says, after this I heard what sounded like the roar of a great multitude in heaven shouting. People are rejoicing. Look what they're saying. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They are rejoicing over what is preparing to take place, that which is before them, this wedding of the Lamb. And they're rejoicing. And they're crying out, Hallelujah! I imagine there's been some dads and moms that have said, Hallelujah! My daughter's getting married! Hallelujah! My son's getting married! And just rejoiced over the fact that they've heard such good news that their children are getting married. And here is the church. And it says, boy, there is singing in heaven. There's praising in heaven. There's rejoicing in heaven over what is about ready to take place here. And it says in verse 6, he said, Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing water, and like loud peals of thunder and shouting, Hallelujah! For our Lord God Almighty reigns. And then in verse 6, Let us now rejoice. Let us rejoice. And be glad. And give him glory. Let us rejoice. The bride and the bridegroom both, in a sense, rejoice upon the wedding day. There's a thrill in both of their hearts. 
because there's something new that is getting ready to jump off. There's something new that's getting ready to start. They're going to be together for eternity. They're going to be there every day for each other. It's a different relationship. And that marriage brings about a complete different relationship between two people. Sorry to say today so many people miss it. And there is something very special about loving somebody and receiving them as your wife and husband, as the bride and the bridegroom. There's something special about receiving them in that fashion rather than just living together. And and God, even in this way, he's, here's an expectation upon the bride that she prepares herself, that she prepares herself. And there's that rejoicing that's going on on both sides. The bridegroom is rejoicing. And I imagine our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is going to also be a day of rejoicing for him because what he has now died for has come to completion. No more has come to an end. The wedding, no more dating, no more hoping. The wedding is here. His bride, the church, is here. And we're going to touch on that just a little bit also. But he says, let us rejoice. How many of you are rejoicing because this is drawing closer? How many of you are really glad that you could have the thought that one day life will not be the way it is now? And do you rejoice about it? Do you rejoice in your spirit that there's going to be a new day, a different day, an exciting day with the Lord Jesus Christ and all his saints in eternity? Boy, that's something to think about and that's something to rejoice over. And he says, let us rejoice. And they said, be glad. Boy, how many of you are really glad to see your wedding day come? I mean, you're out, you're doing, you're shopping, you got all your visits, you got all your invitations ready, they're out, they're gone. All this work that you do before that day, your caterer, you got him ready, everything, you're, you're Photographer, you got him ready. You you got everything in line. Uh, you got your groomsmen and you got your women. Uh, you got everything lined up and everything's ready to go. And you're just glad and you're rejoicing that other people want to participate in your wedding and be a part of it. But yet you're glad that the day has finally arrived is here is here and he says be glad why that day is here now and he says and give him glory because who's brought you to this day he has he has given glory he has now as we get a little bit further in that verse 7 he says for the wedding of the Lamb has come. 
and his bride, now catch this, and his bride has made herself ready. His bride has been in preparation. His bride is making herself ready to walk down that aisle. She is being made ready that when he sees her, he sees the most beautiful individual in the world. He sees the most wonderful woman in the world. And his eyes are caught on her and her alone. And his desires is only to her. And that's Christ. His desire are unto the church. His eyes are fixed on the church. His bride. And he says again here, boy, his bride has made herself ready. Now, we all know that a bride has to get herself dressed, get herself ready, get the uh, makeup on, get the hair done, uh, select the right type of dress to wear on that day and so forth. Uh, and she just does a fantastic job that she's just Stunning. She's just beautiful. And he says she makes herself ready. Well, how is it that we make ourselves ready as the bride? Go back to Ephesians chapter 5. Just want to touch on that for a moment. Because, see, God's given us something to help us to prepare for that. And we need to use it. And we need to understand why he gave it to us to make ourselves ready for him. Ephesians chapter 5. <clears throat> and, oh boy, I'm out here. He says, ah. Uh, Yes. Oh. Boy, my mind is just going blank, blank, blank. What's going on here? And it's up for us to get ourselves ready. 525. Yeah. 525. I'm sorry. 525. And he says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. A bride prepares herself mentally, physically, for a man who is willing to give himself up completely unto her. And she prepares herself for that. To love a man who loves her. And he says, Husbands, love your wife just as Christ loved the church and gave himself. Now, 
when a man gives himself to you, the question is this. Are you ready to receive him? Are you ready to receive the love, the nurturing, the care that a man is willing to shower upon you? And you have to answer that. Are you ready to receive a husband? Are we ready to receive Christ? And a lot of people want Christ only for the purpose of security. Marriage is not only about sensing or feeling a security, a safety, and then go do anything you want to do. It's it's about a relationship that two people are willing to commit themselves to on behalf of one another. And that's what God expects, and that's what Jesus is looking to. He gave himself totally unto his church. He gives himself totally unto us. And the question is, are we prepared to receive all that he is willing to give to us and respond to it in a very positive way? He says he gave himself up for her. When somebody gives himself up for you and go overboard for you and do way beyond for you, how do you receive it? Do you receive it with much gratitude? Do you receive it with much thankfulness? Do you receive it with much love and willing to show that love? And he says, boy, he gave himself up for her. Now, as we go into verse 26, he said, to make her holy. Now, the question of the bride is this. Do you want to be holy? See, the moment a man accepts and goes after his wife and he gives himself totally to her, he, in a sense, wants to make her holy in this fashion. Holy is another word that is also used for consecration and also used for the area of separation. Are you willing, as a young woman, a wife, willing to separate yourself from all other men, only knowing one man? Your husband. And he says he wanted to make her Holy, separating her unto himself. And here we are as the church being separated wholly unto him. Not with any other thought of any other God, any idol, anything else that would become or take his place, but totally separated unto him. And living for him. And loving him. And he says. She's preparing herself. She's making herself ready. To give herself. In return of what he has now given unto her. Himself. That she is in preparation. And making herself. Also 
holy, separating herself from all others. And he says there, to make her holy, and then he says, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. Cleansing her. Jesus Christ cleansed us, washed us, removed all the filth from us, forgave us for all the sin and the filth and the hideousness. That's why it's said in, in Scripture, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. You're just like something brand new to him. And he says, boy, he cleanses. Are you willing to really be cleansed for him? That's part of the preparation. You clear your mind of all this worldly stuff. You clear your mind of all the men and women beforehand. You clear your mind of the things of this world that you can focus solely upon him. He has to become preeminent in your life. Every husband wants to be preeminent in their wife's life. They want to be first. And Jesus Christ wants to be first in our life. Understanding he is the groom, we are the bride. Are we ready? Have we prepared ourselves to allow him to be first in our lives? And a lot of Christians need to really examine that. Or are they sharing their self with this, with that, with this thing over here and this thing over They got time for everything but Jesus Christ. They got time to spend with everyone else but Jesus Christ. They love everything else but the one they should be loving. And he says, boy, he cleanses her by the washing with water. Everything you wash is basically done with what? Water. When you bathe, it's water. You go out in this world and you get dirty and you had a hard day work. Then nothing like a shower or a good bath after a good day's work. I mean, it kind of refreshes you. But it's water. Now, he uses that as an illustration of what the Word is going to do. Whenever we get dirty, we take a bath. We shower. We clean up. He says, every time I go into the Word of God, I'm taking a bath. Every time I go into the Word of God, it's like taking a shower. Why? It's cleansing me. It's preparing me for Him. It's separating me from this world, the thoughts of this world, the things of this world, the things that draw me away from Him. This Word draws me to Him. And he says, her by the washing with water through the word, through the word, through the word, that the word is going to cleanse me. The word is going to separate me. The word is going to prepare me for the groom. And he says, the bride is making herself ready. We are the bride, all who have named the name Jesus Christ. Are you making yourself ready for Jesus as the groom? Or is there something else that you're really preparing for? 
You've not even given thought to Jesus, really. I want to share with you. Fall in love with Jesus. Not the things of this world. Not the men of this world. That's not saying you're not to love your husband. All of us, men and women, need to fall in love with Jesus Christ. That's so important. Because he's the one who's cleansing us and preparing us for the wedding of the Lamb, for this marriage feast that we're going to attend. And he tells us, boy, be ready. Make yourself ready. And how are you going to do that? By being in the Word of God. He says, and do, and to present her to himself. Now, he's cleansing us. He's given us the ability to cleanse ourselves through the Word in order to prepare us to present who? His bride to himself. That's the husband or the future husband giving money to the wife to help get the wedding dress or to get this or to prepare this or get the invitations or help with the catering or what what is he doing? He's helping her to prepare for that great day. Jesus Christ helps us to prepare for that day, for that wonderful, wonderful, wonderful day in which we will be completely united with him. And it's amazing. And now let's go back to it. Because he's going to present it unto himself. And here in Ephesians, he just brings out two more things here before we go back to Revelations 19. Uh, stay right here in Ephesians chapter 5. Come a little further with me. And to present her to himself as a radiant church. As a what? As a radiant church. Without stain. And without the wrinkles. Or any other blemish. There's a difference between a well-pressed out shirt. Or a shirt that's all wrinkled up. And I'm quite sure we've all seen that commercial with uh, talking about this softener and so forth. But a young man shows up for his date and his t-shirt is just all wrinkled up like somebody just balled it up and put it on him. And then he uses this certain softener and when next time they meet, this shirt is all pressed out looking great. And that's what Jesus is doing with us, causing us to look great. And there's no wrinkles in there. There's no blemishes in there. It's pure. And he says, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemishes, but holy and blameless. That's what he's doing in our life. To present us to himself, holy and blameless without spot or without wrinkle. And he's doing that because we are his church. We are his saints. We are his saints. Back to Revelation 19. 
And he says there again, For the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. In verse 7. His bride has made herself ready. She's in the word. She's being cleansed by the word. Uh, the stains are being removed. The old life is being removed. All that has troubled her in the past is being removed. She's preparing herself for the groom. She's making herself ready for him. Now when you get in verse 8, it makes this statement, and it is a glorious statement. Fine linen, bright and clean. That's without spot or wrinkle. That's what the word of God is doing to us. That it might cleanse us and cause us to be bright and clean. And he making that comparison here. That is going to be bright and clean was given to her to wear. What was given? Righteousness. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. The fine linen stands for the righteousness of the saints of God. The righteousness of the saints of God. is not our righteousness, it's his righteousness. It's his righteousness because in us there is no good thing. And the longer you live, that truth becomes very clear. That there really is nothing good in us. But it's all in Jesus Christ. And as we learn this word, that righteousness of this word begins to just find its way of coming out. And people can see it. And they're able to see this righteousness that only comes from Jesus Christ. And it is exactly as he said. It's bright. That's why people say there's something different about you. The brightness has caught their eyes. And they see that there is something different. And it's the righteousness of Christ. And it's the righteousness that you're learning to practice as you stay in the Word of God and as you develop in the Word of God and as you're in that preparation and making yourself ready, making yourself righteous, not in and of yourself, but of the Word of God that is washing us in our minds and in our hearts and then shining forth. And he says, boy, making herself bright and clean and has given her to wear was given her to wear well who gave it to her who gave you your, the righteousness Jesus Christ is not our own it is the righteousness of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that even when the Lord looks down upon us he doesn't see us. He doesn't see you. He sees the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And that's the area that we should be constantly working on. Because see, if he don't see Christ, only he sees, only thing God sees is the flesh. All he sees is the flesh at work. 
and the flesh profits nothing. But when he looks down upon us and see the Lord Jesus Christ shining through us and the cleansing effect of the word of God in us, boy, the righteousness is just revealed. And it is something that can be seen and known by others. And he says, again, he says, fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Couldn't just wear anything. The bride doesn't just wear anything. The bride doesn't wear everyday clothing in the wedding. At the marriage. I understand today people are getting married in their blue jeans. People are getting married jumping out of plane. People are getting married down in the sea and, and all kind of things. But those who really take this seriously, they pre prepare for this special day, which they call their wedding day. And they make the preparations. And it's just not any old gown or any old thing you just throw on. But it is a special day. A gentleman was telling me his wife of 55 years, I believe it is now, she still has her wedding dress hanging in her closet. Now, oftentimes, most of us can't get back into those wedding garments we wore, men or women, those tucks or those dresses that we wore at that time. But she still has that dress because that was her day. And that dress holds so much meaning that she's never let it go. And he says, that has been given to her. It's been given to her to wear. She has earned the right to wear it. And it's been given to her. We have lost so much in the marriage part that represents the Lord Jesus Christ that oftentimes the marriage now is just something of some type of ceremony that you run through with no meaning of Christ in it at all. And there was a reason for the white gown, the purity that it represented. And it was something that everybody was not privileged to wear if certain things had happened in your life prior to the wedding day. But now, boy, Everybody wants to wear white, no matter how many times they've been married, no matter how many times they've slept with other men. It just don't matter if you have four or five kids. Somehow everybody sees themselves pure and have made themselves ready in a righteous sense. But here is it. It's very special. The clothing of righteousness is given unto us by Jesus Christ. And we wear that righteousness. And he says to us, Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. 
Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of the saints. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of the believer of the saints. It's how you have lived. It's how you have conducted yourself. The righteous acts stands for the acts of the believer. The acts of the believer. How he's conducted himself or herself. And we need to understand that this is a very special time. Now, there's something else that i like to add to this. <clears throat> this is, and the only one that is called the bride, is the church. The Old Testament was never called the bride, but the church. And then in many different views, when you get in the book of Revelations after chapter 4, there's nothing else mentioned about the church. So those saints who are saved after chapter 4, they're saved, but they're not part of the church. All those who are saved are going to be at this wedding. And he says that there's going to be that time in which those who are there are invited. He says, then the angel, in verse 9, then the angel said to me, write, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. Blessed are those who are invited. There is this sense that we have all been invited, even those in the church. They have been invited. And I know that some are arguing just the issue that the church is the only one that's called the bride. And some even say, well, okay, others are going to be there, and they're just friends of the bride and of the bridegroom. They're friends of the bridegroom. They're friends. And they refer to them as the Old Testament and those uh, people saved in the book of Revelation during tribulation. Everyone who comes to the Lord Jesus Christ comes through an invitation. And we need to understand that. They did not reject him. They received him. And he gave himself for them and they received it. Go to St. John with me and go to chapter 1 and go to verse 10. He says, he was in the world and through the world was made, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. He gave himself, they didn't receive. He gave himself, but they didn't receive. And the others did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet 
to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. They accepted the invitation that was given. They accepted it and they accepted him. I believe in the Old Testament, they're not only here to be witnesses, but really part of this marriage feast based on another position that sometimes we hold is that Jesus Christ is here in the center. The Old Testament is looking to Christ. No one is coming to heaven unless they go through Calvary. No one. They're looking to Calvary. Over here, they're looking back at Calvary. And we can get very dogmatic on some things sometimes. But I believe at this marriage feast, as he says, it is by invitation only. The invitation to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And each one of us have to accept that invitation. Respond to that invitation. And it is something that you have a choice to respond. God is inviting you today to walk with him. God is inviting you today to allow him to be your God and you be his child. He's inviting you to this wedding feast today. You're the one who has to make the decision. And he says, Then the angel said to me, Write, Blessed are those who are invited. God has sent out the invitation. Have you accepted or have you rejected the invitation? And he says, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, these are the true words of God. At this I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, do not do it. I am a fellow servant with you and with your brothers who had to the testimony of Jesus worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy all prophecy old present future is prophecy about the Lord Jesus Christ and concerning him who men have to accept or reject for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Jesus is in prophecy. And we're prophesying about the Lord Jesus Christ. And the question is, are we receiving what we're hearing? Do you receive or do you reject what you hear? I believe that... The Old Testament saints are going to be here at this wedding feast and those who accept the Lord Jesus Christ is going to be there and the church is going to be there. It is a time of celebration, not just of just this one group or this group or this group. It's a time of celebration about the person that we all have fallen in love with, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's about him. It's about him. 
if we've all had that opportunity to wash ourselves in the blood of Christ, whether it be old saints or revelation saints, we all have to wash and prepare ourselves to live with him. And I hope that you're able to see that in this text, in the word invited to the wedding supper. And I know some limit that only to the church because the church is the only one called the bride. But that those invitations go out to all the people who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, who have accepted him and not rejected him, who will be here at this wedding feast. So I'm praying that somehow we can see old, the church, and the saints that will perish or believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, even in the book of Revelation, that they're going to be here at this wedding feast. Now, some will say, well, okay, the wedding feast has already passed. So they could not be here, those who died in Jesus in the book of Revelation, those who died for him and lived for him. Well, if you look at exactly where this takes place in chapter 19, and then what takes place in chapter 20 and 21, it's just beforehand. It's just beforehand. If the order of this is correct, it's just before the great battle that takes place. That those saints of Revelation could be here. It's amazing how the Holy Spirit has put this in order. But I want to say to you, Jesus Christ has given us all that is needed to make ourselves ready for this wedding that's going to take place. He's given us everything that is needed. Now, would you ask yourself, are you preparing yourself? Are you really preparing yourself for the bridegroom to come? I hope that you are. Because it is really necessary. Well, I want to thank you for this time. And I want to thank you for your allowing me to just show you that you're invited to the wedding feast. Your invitation has been given or it's on its way. And I hope that you respond to it in a very positive way. Because God wants to see you at this wedding feast. He really wants to see you at this wedding feast. And I hope you take that seriously. Go to Isaiah 62. And we're about ready to close out here. Isaiah 62. Because God wants to see you at this wedding feast. 
And go to verse 5 because it speaks so loudly to this. He says, As a young man marries a maiden, so will your sons marry you as a bridegroom rejoices over his bride. What? As a bridegroom rejoices over his bride. Jesus is rejoicing over this time in which the wedding of the Lamb is going to take place. We're rejoicing. That's why the song is Hallelujah is sung in 19.1.2. There's that singing that's taking place. There's that rejoicing that's taking place. There's excitement in heaven over this whole thing. And he says again, as a young man marries a maiden, so will your sons marry you as a bridegroom rejoices over his bride. The bridegroom what? Rejoices over his bride. Wow. When he sees those doors open and he sees this young lady who he has chosen as his bride come walking down the aisle and the beauty that he beholds. Wow. It said that of what Adam said when he first saw Eve. He couldn't say anything else but just wow. And he says again, the bridegroom rejoices over his bride. Now catch this last part. So will your God rejoice over you. So will God rejoice over you. If you accept that invitation, to be at this banquet that God wants you at. There will be a rejoicing. Not just on your part. But also on the part of God. He will rejoice. He will rejoice. He will rejoice. Well let's close with this last verse. In 2 Corinthians 11.2. Second, this voice is getting dry and been a long day for me. We had the praise team over for just fellowship. We had barbecued chicken and all the trimmings and so forth. And uh, just a great time with the praise team earlier today. But it has worn an old man out, if I might put it in that fashion. But in Second Corinthians 11, and look at verse 2, he says, Look what Paul says, and, and, and Paul is very serious about this. He says, I am jealous for you with a godly jealous, with a godly jealousy. I'm jealous for you. I promise you to one husband, to Christ. When you accept the Lord Jesus Christ, you are being, in a sense, presented to one husband. One. Who you are willing to separate yourself, and he has separated himself 
to you and you are separating yourself to him. I promise you to one husband, so Christ, so that I might present you as a pure virgin to him. A pure virgin. Not with all this adulterous stuff out here. Not with worshiping this and worshiping that and running over here, running over there. But focused on one person. Jesus Christ. Not all these other religions, not all these other things that say that they're God, but one person. Jesus Christ. And I pray that you will fix your eyes upon your future groom, the Lord Jesus Christ, and accept his invitation, first of all, to be his bride, and second of all, to be at the wedding feast. Amen. Father, we thank you and praise you for loving us and keeping us from day to day. And we thank you for the invitation, Lord, that you have sent unto us. And all we have to do is say, yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. I pray that you'll say, yes, Lord Jesus, come into my heart, forgive me a sinner, cleanse me, wash me with the mighty workings of your word. Cleanse my heart, cleanse my mind. And present me to yourself without blemish, without spot, without wrinkle. And Lord will give you praise and give you glory. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. He's done it for you. He's done it for me. He's washing us. He's cleansing us. He's preparing us for this Lamb's wedding. For the marriage feast of the Lamb. I hope to see you there. Amen. God bless. May God keep you. I'll see you next week. Until then, I commend you into the wonderful hands of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And in the power of his Holy Spirit, he gives you victory from day to day. Amen. Have a wonderful week. God bless.